Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. On this episode, number 72 of the Just Being Honest Podcast, I snuggled up with Sarah Hap herself to discuss her entrepreneurial life in a nutshell. And when I mean nutshell, I mean nutshell. And how one bath at a time manifested the unveiling of the lip scrub. Sarah Hap is the founder and CEO of Sarah Hap Inc., a beauty company creating luxury lip products sold in 400 stores nationwide and distributed in 20 countries. As mentioned before, Sarah Hap is best known for launching the first to mass lip exfoliator of its kind, the Lip Scrub, and the cult adored glossy balm, the Lip Slip, one luxe balm. Sarah was deep in a lofty career with ESPM, I mean, what? In Connecticut, when her constant taste of chapped lips my worst enemy, brought her to search for better results within this topic of kissable care. Her internet searches revealed no results for a lip scrub, and bam, it was up to her to create this maven in the marketplace. Using her kitchen as a test laboratory through trial and error, a transformation was produced and loved immediately. I'm talking sold off the shelves by one very well-known celebrity, so stay tuned for that one. Yes, guys, hard work and ongoing passion was her drive, but in the end, it was her confidence to nurture her inner voice that really has been the guiding light all along. How grateful I am to share this platform with such an honest conversationalist like Sarah Happ herself. Oh gosh, it has me tied up in a ball of sweaty nerves. I'm telling you, I was sweating the whole time. But nevertheless, I am beyond delighted and so grateful. It's time to design your life with more, KB. Turn up the volume and take notes. This is the Just Being Honest podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by me, Just Being Honest. Me. Guys, it's KB's Lifestyle Design. I want you to know that disease stems from always trying to please, but the soul is where your truth speaks. When you let your soul be the guide, that is when you are at your most powerful. I, I vow to you. I, KB, am your lifestyle designer, your advisor for health, wellness, travel, and domestic everyday lifestyle practices. I unveil your truth and the choices you have to cultivate the life that you want. From mental awareness, body awareness, and fitness and nutrition awareness, we cultivate a customized practice that helps you become successful beyond, beyond, beyond. So are you ready to manifest that lifestyle that you've always desired? It's within you. It's within you. 
So let me help you unveil it right here, right now. By using code JBHFREE, you get your first discovery call on me. I'm happy to help and I am excited to meet you. Again, that code is JBHFREE. Are you ready to live your most authentic and well-curated lifestyle? Let's rock this. Hi guys, this is your host, KB, and this is the Just Being Honest podcast. Okay, so I, every time I interview someone, I have to <laughs> kind of give them a little warning, like I'm going to do my little spiel and then I'll bring you in. So I'm having a little um, kind of like a loopy, crazy June gloom kind of day. I think it's making my mind a little like lunatic wise. I'm playing with the cat right now. She's currently chewing on my fingers. I love it. Um, I miss the days when I had my cat and her little... What's it called? Um, oh my gosh. Sandpaper tongue. Sandpaper tongue. The sandpaper tongue. So calming, so soothing. Anyways, me jumbling on forever and ever, onward and onward. I'm telling you, it's the June gloom. But it's weird, guys. In Manhattan Beach, there's no sun, but it's there, and I can feel it. It feels like a Kansas Midwest summer outside, and I am loving it because my skin is looking oh so dewy. Um... There's just the perfect amount of humidity where my hair is not greasy, but it still has that like natural quaff to it. Anyways, moving on, talking about natural like dewiness and just plumpness, we have an amazing guest on today's show. Let's talk lips. Let's <laughs> talk plump lips. Let's talk like mm, kissable lips. Our guest on today's show is. Sarah Happ. You may know her from being the creator of The Lip Scrub. And when I say The Lip Scrub, I mean The Lip Scrub. The Lip Slip. So she is on our guest today. She sells Nordstrom, Ulta Beauty, more places. She's going to tell you exactly where. I'm going to talk to say like, what, QVC? Yes. Like, that's that's like the big kahuna. Big kahuna. <laughs> so, as my lips need to shut up right now, Sarah, <laughs> welcome to the JVH Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we're in gloomy Manhattan Beach, but we're both smiling and excited. Um, So, I'm in Sarah's home right now, which yes. I love. It's the epitome. Actually, you know what? It is totally, like... The visual of her brand. Oh, really? Yes. You think so? No, seriously. Aww. We're in white, we're in creams, we're in golds. <laughs> yes. And if you were in metallics, and if you look at her branding, it's all about that. So you're living, you're living the brand. Well, I am living the brand, but also what we're not saying is that I also have my Valentine's golden pink decorations up because my little girl, Julia, won't let me take them down. But So there's also uh, hearts and XOs and XOs all over. But we need love but all the time. We go with it. We go with it. We yeah. need love all the time. <laughs> we do. So hallelujah, Julia, for like bringing that <laughs> on the game. So Sarah, just yes. like kind of like... Jumping into it, I always like to ask entrepreneurs, creators, innovators what their upbringing is like. Yeah. Because I always believe, me personally, I believe that you can tell a lot by a child's behavior, by what their interests are, by the, what their passions are. You know, everyone says, if you follow your passion, you're not working a day in your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're like, eh, okay, yeah, sure. How that works. Yeah. But um, really, when you tap back into your childhood instincts, it really does show you a lot of like yes. what you are like stress free about. 
So go for it. What was your upbringing? Oh, I love that question. What were you stress-free about? I love that. So my, yeah, so we are both from the Midwest. I'm from suburban Chicago. You're from Kansas. Kansas Kansas City or Kansas? Kansas City. Kansas City, yeah. So um, it's really funny. I was just on a a, a mama trip to Hawaii last week, and we all had to bring one thing from our childhood with us, and we only had carry-ons. So it's a week in Maui, one carry-on, and you had to bring something from your childhood. So mine was easy. I brought a strawberry lip smacker Mm. because that was the first thing I ever bought with my own money. I grew up with an amazing mom and dad and four siblings in suburban Chicago, and I would not trade that for the world. They They are, to this day, my everything, my squad, so supportive of... My parents were just so supportive of each of us as individuals. Five kids is a lot, you know, but they just let us be who we were. And I had no sense of failure, mm. none. So what I was stress-free about was I loved beauty. And my mom was kind of a hippie when I was growing up, so she wasn't that into, like, makeup. She was very, like, natural. you know, natural. And I wanted all the Barbies, and I wanted all the lipstick. <laughs> That's what you get, And mom. all the pink, Exactly. And so the first thing I ever bought with my own money wasn't like candy or whatever my friends were buying. I bought a strawberry lip smacker. So I keep one with me. There's one in my on my vanity. There's one at my desk in my office. There's one in my car. I keep it with me everywhere just to remind myself that like I have always loved beauty. I have always loved lip products. And um, it smells like my childhood. So growing up was amazing. And my mom and my sisters were all just here for my 40th birthday party this last weekend at Terranea here in LA. Woo! It was so fun. And... um. You know, yeah, it was it was a one. No, no one's childhood is perfect, but mine was nurtured. Mine was oh. just, you cannot fail. Do what you love, and we trust you. That's what I was raised with. I love that. Yeah, so I, I love that. I've never been afraid of. I fail all the time. By the way, I mean, I was just telling you we were, we've been here on in my company on like meetings and calls all morning, and some were awesome and some were fails, but. I was raised without a sense of failure, and I was really taught that, like, whatever I loved was valid. Do you believe that that was kind of the pathway or the the um, yellow brick road to your success? That kind of, like, with nurturing or, like, that nothing was a failure? Yeah. Kind of was, like, the catalyst of, like, keep going, keep going? A hundred percent, yes. Also, I mean, we're both in the Midwest, right? Yeah. Like, you work really hard. We're hard workers. Oh, yeah, we baby. We work really People hard. People question that out here. I'm like, what are you doing at the beach? Like, right. seriously, like, it's are, the middle of the day. Do you have a job to do? Yeah. Why is everyone at Strand House? It's, it's three, you know? Yeah. Yes. So, no, I think we were, we were raised to work really hard, mm-hmm. but we were also taught that if you worked hard, you'd get to where you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so the keep going hundred percent, I think is the Midwest in me. And I think definitely in you too. And the lack of failure was what let me leave my job at ESPN, which is, you know, this giant, fantastic dream company for a lot of people and start my own company, which the failure rate is so high, but I didn't care about the failure rate because I just didn't believe that it applied to me. And it's because what? You had a great support system. I had a mom and a dad who said, go for your dreams. I had siblings that were like, this is phenomenal. And the worst case scenario is that you fail and okay, then you go get a job. Yeah. There's plenty out there. Yeah. So I think that the lack of, the lack of fear of failure and knowing that failing is totally okay. And we're all going to do it a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just makes you optimistic. So I want to kind of. I love the um, the lip smacker story because lip smackers were like the only thing I feel like that mm. even existed back in my days. Yeah, that, that was the only 
you know, chapstick or whatever. Right. And to get that, that's what I would get in my stocking every Christmas. Like yeah. one of those giant hands or the giant packs. Holy snack, <laughs> Yeah. And, but with, within that, you know, um, being from the Midwest, being a hard worker. Yeah. I also want to jump into like being naive and then oh, you yeah. really jumping into this whole world because, yeah. um, let's tap back to you working for ESPN. What got you into ESPN? Sure. So I, I, I went to school for broadcast journalism. I went to USC here in LA. Mm-hmm. My whole life. I loved two things. I loved broadcasting. I loved the news. I loved media. Like I wanted to be Diane Sawyer so badly. I loved Peter Jennings. Like I used to watch the nightly news when other kids were watching like Smurfs. You know, (laughs) I was such a little geek. And then I loved beauty products. So I'd make my own beauty products at home. I'd like mix together shampoo and conditioner just to see what happened. You know, so those were really my two loves. And I went to school for journalism. So I thought that I wanted to be a reporter, a news anchor, something like that. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated in 2001, I got the dream job with ESPN um, on on the business end. So I worked in the, the department, like I worked in marketing and it was a fantastic job. Um, and it fit with my resume really well, right? Like it made sense mm-hmm. that I went to USC, mm-hmm. broadcasting, whatever, ESPN, it made perfect sense. But I went to work every day and I always say like, I was actually inspired by how uninspired I was. Like, mm. all my coworkers in Connecticut, where ESPN is headquartered, loved ESPN so much. Mm-hmm. They'd go home at night, and they'd watch SportsCenter, and they'd watch five different games, and they'd go to the games, and they'd eat and breathe our network. Yeah. I didn't. I went, and I did my job, and I was good at my job, and I liked my job a lot. But I went home at night, and I read Allure and People, and mm-hmm. I soaked in a bathtub with ten different products mm-hmm. for an hour, because mm-hmm. beauty was my love. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to eventually create the lip scrub was all that time soaking in the bathtub, reading beauty magazines. Mm-hmm. I began reading about beauty editors saying to exfoliate your lips with a wet washcloth or a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And I began ripping it out of magazines. I still, in our office today here in LA, I, there's a portfolio of all of these tarots of everything from Real Simple Magazine to Oprah Magazine to, um, you know, Allure saying, to exploit your lips with a wet washcloth or a toothbrush. And I... A toothbrush. A toothbrush. Awful. So mm-hmm. I, um, that's what led me to create the lip scrub in my kitchen, was I was like, I got out of the bathtub one day, and I was like, you know what? Enough of this. There aren't any lip scrubs. I'm going to make one. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, what a light bulb moment, because I can, I can just imagine you in the bathtub being like, mm-hmm. a washcloth. You know? How like, is that possible? Disgusting. Yeah. But right. I've seen it happen. I mean, I see people do that. And I, you know, I see people do crazy things with, like, I don't know. They pick their lip. It's gross. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but many people don't know just like having that light bulb moment and actually going after it because in all reality, we live life so like against our gut. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Where you have that gut feeling of like, yeah, I should do this. But it's really like, no, man, I, I'm making like some odd K, you know, a year doing right. ESPN. Um, like I've made the shit, you know, like I'm really like running this train. Yeah. Like why do that side hustle? I actually yeah. have, um, you know, Megan Asha who's, um, started founder made mm, a company okay. that really brings products out to awareness. Yeah. Um, you know, she was telling me, she's like, you know, KB, like, like side hustles are like a little 
like kind of bird in your ear sometime yeah. and saying yeah. like, this is really your thing. This, this is your love. This is really your thing. This is what comes easily. Yeah. And what comes easily, beauty products to you, yeah. is really what you should be going after. Yeah. Another thing that what comes easily to you is love, obviously. Me coming into your home, you've got hearts everywhere. You've got blush pink everywhere. You've got XOXO. <laughs> you've got a giant poster that says love always wins. And when we think of love, also we think of like nurturing, yeah. which came from Chicago. We also think of lips, kissable lips, mm-hmm. which not always the case. People don't always have to like, send love that way but Mm -hmm. it is a huge um body language Mm -hmm. indicator Mm -hmm. and also just showing the lips Mm -hmm. you know plumping up the lips that's why they have those you know plump up injections and yeah um you know lip balms whatever so scrubbing the lips with a wet washcloth or a dry washcloth or a piece of sandpaper whatever (laughs) um one day you decided to start this. Yeah, I did. What was that next step? The next step was going to my kitchen. By yourself? Like, By did myself? you tell anyone about this? Or no, like, I got out of the, making a cupcake? I got, exactly. I got out of the bathtub and I was like, and I, I had already Googled it at that point, so I knew that the term lip scrub in 2005, so, you know, 14 years ago, returned zero results. It literally mm. didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, you know what? It should taste this way. It should smell should taste delicious. It should smell delicious. It should be such a fun like experience so on your lips. It should be so mm-hmm. yummy, and it should take away all the dead skin, mm-hmm. and it should make your lips look glorious just in one step. So, I went to my kitchen and I pulled out sugar and I pulled out oils that I had, and then I went to Whole Foods and bought grapeseed oil and jojoba oil, and I just began mixing stuff in mixing bowls with spatulas. And if you know me. You know that I don't cook. I can bake with the best of them, but I don't cook. So it was, it was, um, thank God I had baking materials because I was basically baking in my kitchen. You are. But I pulled, <laughs> totally. I pulled all this stuff out and it took me probably two weeks to perfect the formula. And it was, it came, it ended up being these six flavors, starting with peppermint that was this bright white and it ombreed up to this deep, dark, chocolate that used Hershey's cocoa in it (laughs) so it was all food grade um product and it really did feel like I was baking and funny thing about baking is that I had no money to fund this venture so what I did when I was making the lip scrub was I paid my friends in cupcakes so they'd come over and I'd be like I will pay you in cupcakes and I always had like cupcakes baking in my house so my house was this giant like sugar factory basically it was an apartment and it was just this like sugar factory um and it was, it was so fun. But yeah, I had this fire in my belly where you get that moment where you're like, I think this, I think this is it. Like, I can't believe no one's doing this. And if no one's doing this, I have to do it now. I have to do it yesterday. Yeah. And that was the fire that I got to create it. So this is 2005. It's 2019 yeah. right now. What was your next step after you? Because, you know, something that is food grade mm-hmm. and times have probably changed in regards to like mm, regulations. Mm-hmm. And cottage laws or whatever. Yeah. Were you in LA? No, you were in. Ch- I was in Connecticut. 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 Wow. Yeah. Woo. Um, you're in Connecticut right now. But what did you do? You started putting these in, things in little containers. Did little you jars. have your, your friends try them first, or did you sell yeah. them at the farmers market? No, I had my friends try them. I had my sisters try them. I did little. Um, what do you call it? Like little focus groups? focus groups with like my girlfriends and with my little sisters' girlfriends, and we 
talked about flavors and experience and stuff like that with the product. And then I, yeah, I bought jars in bulk. I bought boxes from Italy that I was importing mm. and making myself. And I made labels in New Haven, Connecticut. And I brought the product. The big step was um, I created a website myself. Like I Googled how to do that. And mm -hmm. I had this little website up. And um, I brought the product out to a few stores here in LA where I went to school. I went to USC, like I said. And I brought it to like five really small boutiques here in LA where the owners are the buyers. So like some woman, you know, like here, like a great example here would be like the beehive in downtown Manhattan mm -hmm, Beach. Mm -hmm. um, the mom and pops. Mom and pops. And I brought it in and I made a deal with each owner. First of all, I was like, hey, I loved your store when I went to USC. It, you know, these beauty apothecaries. I was like, I know you don't have anything like this. Would you try it? And they were all bought on the spot. They're like, this is ridiculous. Can I pay you for this? And I was like, yes. And I was, you know, making it at home. It's like walking in and selling like your baked goods mm -hmm. to Ralph's. Mm -hmm. Like it's so weird. But I did it. Anyway, um, and I made a deal with them. I said, if any celebrity comes in who we really like, mm -hmm. give them whatever they want for free of mm -hmm. my product. And I will pay you back double. And each of the store owners was like, wait, what? Are you serious? How did you figure that formula? I just out? thought it sounded like a fun deal. I was like, you're like, whatever. Right, whatever. <laughs> I'm already broke. So Reese Witherspoon went into a store in Brentwood and she bought all they had. And then the owner was like, actually, I'm allowed to, I'm just going to give these to you. These are a gift from Sarah. And then the owner called me and was like, wait, so she just bought everything I had, which was 36 lip scrubs. Are you really telling me you're going to send me back 72 for free? And I was like, 100%. And then People Magazine ran a story on Reese Witherspoon buying out all the product in Brentwood. And Bingo. that crashed our website. So it was a great way to Amazing. give away 72 pieces of product for me. So yeah. So Reese is a forever ambassador. I will love that woman till the end of time. Oh my gosh. Because she let us use her name. And that was, you know, in 2006, she had just won her Oscar. And, you know, a lot of actresses also have deals. They have like cosmetic deals where they won't let you use their name or they just don't want to be associated with, associated with the brand. But she let us use her name and they called her a sugar mama and that yes. crossed my website and that was it. See, you know, I'm a big believer if, me personally, if I love something, if I believe in something, oh yeah, I'll blab it out there. Yeah. Especially if it's something that makes a female feel empowered and yes. good about themselves. Yes. You know, Agreed. no one wants chapped lips. No one wants a cold sore on their lip. You know, like the right. lips are pretty much the eye of the face. They're what you talk to the world with. Yes. They're a big deal. Yes. I love that. Yeah, they're a really big deal. Yeah. So oh, the first time I discovered your product was back when I was in, living in Kansas. I mean, this was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, I was at our local, <laughs> it sounds a small town, our local salon. And it was like a salon yes. spa bajin. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's in Prairie Village, Kansas. And okay. I just remember, you know, waiting for my appointment, looking at the products, and I see this little vial of, uh -huh. like, it said Sarah Hap Lip Scrub. And I was like, what's that? You know, and you open it up, you smell it, and it looked so luxurious. And, and me back then, like, I felt felt so, like, young and stuff, but I was like, well, that's innovative. I just remember that oh was, like, the goodness, first time I... And then so when, when we come full circle back in life How and crazy you come into that? my life... Honey, I believe all these yes. things come for a reason. Yes. Like, it all comes for a reason. That's so crazy. So, beyond this, so far we have not had some failures. Oh. Or have we? We had failures. Because I want to hear about this, the, these these failures. Um, 
So Reese kind of like exploded the website. Yeah. yeah. And then you said you've had failures. Oh, yeah. But I want to learn, what have you learned from those failures? For sure. Um, nothing is catastrophic. As long as we're living and breathing, mm. everything is fixable. Mm. Like as long as we're living Thank and breathing. So when people like write an email in our company and it says like urgent, it better be really, <laughs> really urgent. You know, and my thing is always like, is my child okay? Yeah. Whoever's writing this, is your health okay? Are yeah. you alive? Exactly. And I think we need to put into perspective like what, I don't know. When people are like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I'm always like, be really careful with your words. Yes. You know, like everything really is fixable, generally speaking. And, um, you know, I was just, I've been on calls in, since 8 a.m. And some of them were awesome and some of them were very difficult. And it's 1230 now here in L.A. And it's all good. And my president and I just high five at the end of every, you know, morning. And we're like, hey, we're in this. We're doing this together. Yeah. And she's the best. So I think... Um, I've definitely had my fair share of failures, and I was on a, a PR call this morning, um, and I was talking about Sarah Blakely, who's the founder of Spanx, mm -hmm. and I didn't know her story when I started 15 years ago. I wish I had, because she had this idea for Spanx, where she, you know, cut the feet out of her pantyhose mm -hmm. and said, I want to wear these without, I want this to be a product, and all of these hosiery mills throughout the South, she's from Atlanta, said that's a ridiculous idea, we'll make you pantyhose. Mm -hmm. That was my story. So I was failing left and right before I ever got my product in People Magazine. I could not get, I was making the product in my kitchen in 2005 for a year and in mixing bowls with spatulas. But I knew that if I ever got the press that I wanted or if I ever got a big store to buy, I'd, I'd have to make it in a real lab. But all of these labs said no. Like, there were all of these labs in New Jersey and New York, and they were all like, but we make product for Mac and Chanel and Lauder, and, like, they've never wanted a lip scrub, so what are you even talking about? And I was like, exactly. It's a hole in the market. Let's fill it together. Mm. And everyone thought that I was absurd or that I was, like, adorable. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, this is an idea, and I'm I'm trademarking it right now, and I'm trademarking my name, and I'm really serious, and please make it with, with me. And, like, I got so many no's before I got one yes. And I needed a one yes from one lab in New Jersey who said, you're just crazy enough that like we think we're gonna make this for you. And I told them, I was like, listen, if you make this for me and we figure out how to make this in a, you know, a 10,000 gallon vat, which is, if you can picture it, it's like probably the size of my ceiling. Mm -hmm. Like I have high ceilings and what my stuff is made in is like that big, which I still have in our office our KitchenAid, my KitchenAid mixer that my parents bought me to make this stuff in. So I went from this, like this KitchenAid mixer. Well, 36 inch to like. Well, 36 inch to like, I have to get up on so many ladders and sign a waiver to watch my product get made now. I had so many no's before I got that one yes. But I mean, I was la like literally like laughed at in like meetings with these people that were like, what are you talking about? No. And like. It, it, it felt like failure over and over again. Almost like my actor friends who, like, don't get a, mm. a role after an audition. Like, you're, mm. I was just, that took, that was six months of my life where I was just pounding on doors asking for someone to please work with me, and nobody would. So, I want to ask this, because we have a lot of listeners that, yeah, sure, they would be, like, pursuing acting. Yeah. But this is kind of like a acting or... Or maybe even, like, real estate, for instance, knocking on doors. Yeah. Can I sell your house? Yeah. Can you, can I give you a piece of my life, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and almost searching, who was it I listened to? And he almost started to challenge himself to search for those no's. He's like, I'm just going to look for a no today because it teaches you something. Yeah. But it's like, how many no's can I get? Because then ultimately in the end, you're surprised when someone, that one person does believe in you and say like, yeah, you've got potential. Like, let's do this. Like, yeah, we can do this. And, um, but the other side of that is we all know we can have bad days and we all know we can feel like, am I the only one that believes in this? Right. And you're crying in the shower (laughs) and walking through the grocery store with your sunglasses on and people are like, it's (laughs) raining outside, you know, like, like, how did you pick yourself up from those moments and keep going? I think it's like, if you really believe in something, you kind of just feel like you have this little secret. Mm. You kind of look at it as like, okay, you don't get me, but someone will. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had this energy about me behind me that I was just kind of like, okay, like you don't get it. I'm not Mac. I'm not Chanel. Okay. I'm like, Sarah. that's fine. I'm Sarah. <laughs> and like, I'm going to do this. And I just, ha- I believed in it so much that it just, it almost fueled my fire a little, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it kind of gives you a little like, dare me, a little like screw you <laughs> energy is good. And our company is, we're kind and we're loving and we operate from this place of like, yes, and love. But occasionally you need a little bit of that fire in you where you're like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you just said no. The I'm bad go boyfriend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all need a bad ex-boyfriend who's like, okay, mm-hmm. no to you. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Next. So the, I kind of used it. Yeah, there were days where I just felt so defeated and like, wait a minute, someone help me. This is a really good idea. But it also just kept me going where I was like, okay, one more step to yes. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know, everything happens for a reason and everything happens in its right time. Every cliche about that, I believe, and I believe it's true and... You know, you found my stuff in some little salon in in Kansas City, and here we are today, and we both live here, and, Crazy. you know, everything happens for a reason. The same thing has happened to me before. I, I have these, like, ma- the, I'm going to call them magical occurrences of yeah. people coming back into my life. I met this Australian girl when I was on literally a deserted island in Thailand, okay. like in PP Island, like mm-hmm. a deserted island. There's like yeah. two hotels, like nothing. There's yeah. nothing there. She was on her honeymoon. Mm-hmm. I met her. She's Australian from Sydney. Mm-hmm. Years down the line, maybe six years later, I find out that she's in Hermosa Beach again. Stop. And she just got married to a guy here and she's moving back here and we reconnected and our stories are very similar. Like yeah. crazy. Crazy. Like really weird things like that. She's meant to be in your life. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. But anyways, along those lines, um, about everything happens for a reason. Yeah. About, I love the crazy entrepreneurs because those cliches are so true. Mm-hmm. How many people I've interviewed and how many similar stories I've heard about. Like my friend, um, Brendan Cohen, who is the founder of Liquid IV. Oh. He does the same thing. He mm-hmm. told me, he's like, you know what? <laughs> it's so funny how, you know, so many people will not believe in your dream or believe in your idea yeah. until you become, you know, this face or what have you, you know, I hate to use the word successful because success has such a different definition to so many people, but it's the same thing. He's like, then they come out, you know, and it's like until people want something or until people want to be acquainted with you. So that's why I love the Midwest girl in you because you know where your roots are, honey. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. And we have our mutual friend, Emily. McGee, and she's an angel in my life mm-hmm. for sure. She's one of those people too, where it's like you're meant to be here. We're both yeah. meant to be in each other's lives, she's and so sweet. yeah, you just have to roll with you have to roll with the with with the 
highs and the lows and know that it's all happening for a reason and it's the right time. And there's there's a solution for everything. There really as is. As long as we're living and breathing, everything is, is, is fixable and it's, you know... Well, let me ask you one thing. So when you are um, making product now in these giant vats. Yes. uh, Where was this? Where were the giant vats? Oh, so now we're we're made right here in L.A. Okay, so now you're in L.A. Yeah, we're made in L.A. and then in Idaho. Because I want to bring people back of how did you get to L.A. Everyone always wants to know, when you're not from L.A., how'd you get here? Why are you here? Yeah. Well, I started in L.A. I went to school here at USC, so L.A. felt like home to me, and Mm -hmm. going to ESPN in Connecticut was actually the diversion. That was the thing where I was like, whoop, okay, I gotta move, I gotta leave L.A., I'm not gonna get a job here at NBC right out of college, I gotta go to, I mean, I get to go to ESPN, right? Amazing. Um, But in 2008, um, Julie, my, my daughter, my best friend, my daughter's dad, Elon, he worked mm-hmm. at ESPN. He still does. They opened offices, um, in LA. So we got to come back together. I could do my job from anywhere, yeah. but LA is home to both of us. It felt like home to both of us. So ESPN opened offices. He was with ESPN, still is. And we came back and moved right here. Um, and yeah, so from 2008 on, I've been back. So how do you get to L.A.? I don't know. I mean, for me, it was college. College was the conduit mm-hmm. for me to, mm-hmm. to get here the and to make it The recognition of it back, yeah. Yes. Um, but in terms of, like, if you live in suburban Chicago like I did or you live in New York and you want to come to L.A., I don't know. I think it can be kind of a hard town. I really do. I think it can be a hard city. I just got, you know, I got lucky with USC. And then when I moved back in 2008, I... I got to join the beauty game. All the beauty people are here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. all the all the entrepreneurs are here. Mm-hmm. They're not in New Haven, Connecticut. So mm-hmm. in my space that I get to play in, all my favorite brands are based here. All my favorite girls are based here. So it, it works and it's really, really helpful. I love that. So when you're back at this point, you're all in. You're all in Sarah Happ, right? I, w- I was all in in 2006, the day my website crashed, the day People Magazine hit newsstands. And back it up for your audience. Yeah. I'm sure they're much younger than I am. But this was no. like before Facebook. This was before mm-hmm. we were still on something called MySpace. Oh my gosh. It was so forever ago. It was before Instagram and Etsy. So if you got into People Magazine and you got a half a page article written about you in 2006, that could crash your website. Mm-hmm. That could make a company. Um, I so wish we lived in those days still. We're so simple. I kind of do. <laughs> so simple. Such simple days. Um, so so that, so I, I, People Magazine hit on a Thursday, and I went into my boss's office on a Monday, on Monday, and I said, I handed her to People, to People Magazine, and I said, listen, I have been doing this in my kitchen for the last year and a half, and it just happened, it just hit, and I have to go make all this product now. And she was like, I was reading this issue on the plane this weekend, and I was like, there is another Sarah app, app out there, and this is the greatest idea ever. And I was like, that's me. Like, yeah, it's only me, It's I'm the Sarah app. And she was like, go get it, girl. Oh. And she let me leave my job, and I packed up my desk. Someone else packed up my desk, actually, and I just ran out of the office and did my thing. I love it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Can I ask so I was you, all in then. what's your sign? Gemini. Oh, I oh. just had my birthday Oh, that's yesterday. right. Gemini season. Yeah, you my birthday was yesterday. So your sun is Gemini. Do you know your um, rising? No idea. Oh, shoot. I totally want to do your I chart. I just know I'm a Gemini for sure. You don't know your moon? No idea. My okay. birthday was yesterday. Such a Gemini. Don't know. Such a Gemini. I love it. 
Because uh, yeah. um, my rising is a Gemini, so that's kind of like another part of how I act, but I'm a Virgo hardcore. Okay. I totally want to do your chart. I always ask people their signs, and I was like, why? Why are you asking me my sign? I'm like, oh, I want to do your chart so bad. Oh, um, I don't know. But anyways, by this point, 2006. Yeah, I was all in. And then you're kind of still baking in your kitchen, yeah. but are you learning by doing at this point? Because we all know that there's not a lot of resources out there. It's kind of, mm, let's Google a yeah. little bit. Google was everything. Um, did you have to go to trade shows to look for packaging? No. Or did I, you just learn by do? I learned by doing everything. I just Googled everything. I Googled, you know, boxes. I Googled jars. I Googled labels. I, I mean, I really just did it all by myself. And again, the connectivity that we have now today is so different, right? You can just DM someone a question. We didn't have that. So like okay. I had to kind of do everything in a vacuum, but it was great because it taught me, I mean, I I've now done every job in my company. We have like a huge team That's now. The way to do it, girl. But I I used to label my stuff. I used to hand mix my stuff. I wrote all of my legal documents myself. Crazy, you know. But it was all Google, and it was all like learn by doing. And you know, I think it was a great. It was hard and it was labor intensive, but it was a great way to go. Well, that's how you're supposed to do it. I used to yeah. actually manage and run a stationery store, mm-hmm. like a hostess gift shop store, and um, in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I basically, you know, I was in control of all these people, making yeah. like custom invitations and stuff. But the the thing was that I will always remember is that my higher up, the owner of the store, she was doing what everyone else was yeah. doing. She was not ahead or above anyone else. Oh, I no. always took that to my to her. I said, no matter if you're a manager, a boss, a CEO, whatever, you should still, if you own that company, you should still be willing to clean the toilets at the end of the day. 100%. My president, actually, you guys, you didn't see this because you're not with us, but she was just at my house um, just now and just, you know, dropped off my birthday present Ugh. at my door while we're doing this podcast. You know, like, we... Uh, we'll, I will clean up the trash at a photo shoot if there's, you know, if we yeah. leave pizza behind. Yeah. Everyone does everything. And that's our team. Like, that's our whole team mentality. And I love that mentality is that, yeah. like, you're not above anything. We're all in this together. Like, I, I yes, that's how our whole team operates. And it's uh, amazing. Open door policy. Open yeah. heart policy. Yes. You have to. So, moving on from that, um, I was going to say, learn by doing failures. We covered yeah. that. Product. Aha. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about product. The yeah. whole reason why we're here. But we know that you started off in your kitchen. Yeah. Obviously, the more orders that you got, you had to kind of adapt or change the materials inside of the product mm-hmm. to make them shelf stable. Yeah. How did that evolve? Wonderfully, it was my product was kind of stable from the start. It was. Like the way the way I formulated it, the oils, the sugar, like it's it's pretty stable. So yes, uh, my labs now make pretty much the same formula that I was making at home. Really, in terms of my lip scrubs. Yeah. I mean, now we make like a lip mask and a, yeah. a night cream for your lips, and that's all that could never come from my kitchen. We're yeah. talking like intense chemistry and lipids yeah. and hyaluronic acid and spheres <laughs> and all this stuff that's so geeky. But um, the lip scrub itself, like. It was scalable once they found the right machinery. So you could go from a mix, you know, KitchenAid mixer to this giant vat once we found the machinery from Germany that we needed to make it with. Um, but yeah, I think if you're talking, if you're someone starting at home now and you wanted to scale up, yes, you do have to make sure that your product has, you know, a three-year shelf life in cosmetics and is chemically stable and all of that. And 
now, wonderfully, I have chemists that do that for me, and we do lab testing and all that good stuff, but I happen to have created a product that was stable. I don't know. It's like making a Twinkie in your house or something. Yeah. That lives forever. (laughs) God. (laughs) Um, So... Beyond that, you started with the lip scrub. scrub, Yeah. And how do you know as an entrepreneur when to start producing something else, something comparable, um, other things to the line? Because I always, you know, the nerd in me, I always look at all these different brands out there. I'm like, oh, they did it at the right time. You know, they added that next thing or that's a natural thing to bring on as well, you know? Yeah. And it's like, how do you know when without kind of like bashing your like baby, you know? For sure. Lip scrub is your baby. Bashing your baby. That's so funny. (laughs) 100%. So I I kept getting the question. I think you have to be really careful about that because you can grow really fast. Mm -hmm. Your labs will tell you in a heartbeat, like, okay, now we can make you 50 things. And that's what they want. But I didn't want that. I wanted to prove that the lip scrub had life and could live on its own and could be a profitable company. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I did that very slowly. But the tipping point for me was the influx of emails that I got from my lip scrub customers saying, what do I use after the lip scrub? And I was the girl who had 15 lip glosses and balms in my handbag. And Mm -hmm. I had 85 of them in my beauty closet. And I went to my chemist, not my kitchen, went to my chemist and I said, listen, am I right in thinking that lip products dehydrate your lips? Like lip balms, lip glosses, lipsticks. And she said, oh, 100%. And I said, I've done some research. My sense is that these eight or nine ingredients are in everything and that they dry you out. She's like, oh yeah, 100% they do. And I was like, and I'm also really into jojoba oil and grapeseed oil and sweet almond oil and this polymer blend that I read about and all this cool stuff. What if we took out the dehydrating ingredients and added hydrating ingredients Mm -hmm. and made a lip balm? And I want it to look just like this, and I want it to look great on everyone, and I want it to taste like this and feel like this. And she was so cute. She said, I get to use my chemistry degree. So she was was the first time ever in lips because lip products are designed to dehydrate. It's like Coca-Cola, like whether it's something that you get at Target or it's something you get at Barney's. Most lip products dehydrate your lips the way Coca-Cola dehydrates your body. So you have a sip of Coke, it tastes really good, you feel momentarily not thirsty, but then you're so thirsty five minutes later because you just drank sodium. Yeah. Whereas if you just had water, you'd be good. So the Lip Slip was my second product, and it took me three years to develop. Mm. I always say people can have three babies in three years, and I birthed a lip balm. (laughs) But it took three years to develop in over 200 iterations, meaning like 200 little pots that I said no to, different formulas, to get it right. And that's when I knew that our tagline for the lip slip is the world doesn't need another lip balm. It needs the perfect one. Mm. And it is perfect. And today it's our, it's still, it came out in 2008. So 11 years later, it's still our best seller. Mm-hmm. It's our best selling product in the company by far because it's unlike anything out there. So I think you know when to add on when you can see a need mm-hmm. that you can fill mm-hmm. and you you just have to do things really deliberately. Also, I grew my business through cash. I never raised money. I, I owned the whole business and I never raised money. I bootstrapped everything. So I didn't really have the choice to go from one product to 50. Mm-hmm. 
because that would have required like a cash infusion. But I just, the Midwest in me was like, mm-hmm. I don't want debt. I don't want investors. Mm-hmm. I don't want any of that. I want to do this slow and steady. I want to try. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be sure that I know what I'm doing. And um, so I did that. And it's only been within the last three years that we've released, you know, more SKUs. I think now we have 25 SKUs out there. Whereas for a decade, we had two. You know. And the beauty about that and about kind of like setting your footing out there, you know, with the lip scrub, with the lip slip, and mm-hmm. now you've got the restore, mm-hmm. you've got all these these other like kind of variations of the product, yeah. that's how you do it. You make yeah. the variations happen. Yeah. And you've got, since you have your footing, you've got those reliable customers. Yes. Our your, customers your family, are family, so, I guess I could say. They yeah. are your family. It's, you know? We have a, you know, I say this all the time, and it's changing with QVC because our visibility is different now with QVC. But for the longest time, I would say, like, if you know us, you love us. If you don't know us, you have no idea who we are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Makes you sense. remember buying yeah. the lip scrub in Kansas City yeah. at the salon, like, a long time ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember exactly where it was on the shelf. Like that's, that's so crazy. Cute. And oh, that's I, so cute. Yeah. Anyways, keep going. Um, so yeah, I think it's a matter of I also one of my best girlfriends founded Dry Bar and people Ally. Oh yeah. yeah, I had Sarah on the Sarah Landau on oh, the show too. Her sister. I know that I love that whole family. Yes, they are the best family. That's another so, circle, Newport. Newport Anyways, circle. Keep going. Yes. So Allie's focus and one of the reasons I love her so much is, you know, she just does blowouts. Mm-hmm. She's never going to cut your hair. Love her. She's never going to color your hair. I'm never going to do anything but lips. Mm-hmm. All I care about is lips, and mm-hmm. I can solve every lip problem you've ever considered mm-hmm. and even the ones you haven't considered um, because all we do is focus on lips. So I love that's where Allie and I really um, bond on like a business level is that we both believe in like doing one thing and doing it perfectly. So for her, it's blowouts, and for me, it's lips. And it's that focus, I think, that makes people trust you. So yeah, you gain your footing, you get people's trust, you make sure that whatever they open with your name on it or your brand on it or whatever gives them the experience from start to finish um, that's really lovely and that they love. And from there, you can say, okay, if you love this, I'm going to solve this problem for you next. Yeah. Let's try this. Oh, my God. So I love yeah. this. Yeah. No, because there's so much being thrown at us these days, yeah. especially with social, social media. media. Oh Ugh. my gosh, it's like, well, maybe I could do that, you know? Like, right, right. Maybe I could do that, and like, because I mean, right now I'm looking at your eyes, and my God, her eyes are just like piercing at me. You have beautiful eyes, oh you God, know? So and I'm like, wow, okay. she could do like an eye. No, no, stick to lips, you know? Right, no, I don't want to do an eye cream. I don't want to do a face scrub. Also, the thing is, I look at all the other people that are doing things really well. I don't want to make a face scrub. I use touches rice powder my friend mm. Vicky owns a mm-hmm. company called Tatcha and mm. they do that beautifully I use Allie's scalp scrub mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like other yeah. people have those areas covered they're experts in everything so I just want to do one thing and, and be laser do one so thing focus. do it well do it well That's laser right. laser focused laser I love focused. that That's what Brandon says as well he goes be laser focused laser focused yeah. um, so what are some are there anything Kind of, the cat is asleep. I love it. I have, yeah, my little Cleo, my kitten is sitting here, like, falling asleep. She's so cute. But um, is there anything that you can share with our audience today that maybe even a saying that, you know, if someone's just kind of wants to create something, maybe it's a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's something that they concoct in their kitchen by themselves. And they're like, I can't do this because my, A, my family might not be supportive. Friends are doubting me. I'm doubting me. What is something that you can kind of like take away or 
shoot at them right now? I would say, um, this has been said many, many times, it's not mine, but my girlfriend Sarah Gibson Tuttle owns um, Olive in June. It's mm-hmm. a nail salon here in Beverly Hills in Pasadena and Santa Monica, and now she's in Target. I was just in Target this morning, and she sold out of our Manhattan Beach Target. But she just said in an interview that I listened to, um, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Oof. And it's not hers either, but we say it to each other all the time. Um, we say it to each other a lot because there's, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like perfectionists too, and you want things to be perfect and you don't have to wait till your entire family says yes. And the product is perfect and you're married with your baby and your skin is perfect. Stuff won't always align Mm -hmm. the way you want it to. If you really believe in something, start, go, I mean, be, be careful. Don't bet the house on anything be careful be smart don't quit your day job for sure but but if you really believe in something don't wait till it's perfect to to kind of go for it it's it could be too late and um you know I think a lot of people their idea of of their their good is a lot of people's perfect I love it yeah yeah, that's Gibson Tuttle, and we say to each other, we're like, who said this? Someone should get credit for this, not us. But I just read it again in her interview, and I was like, yes, that's true. Why I love talking to, especially entrepreneurs, special, especially female entrepreneurs, is that um, y'all are so, like, well-spoken. And, like, you say things like that. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. And this is what we do at night, too. Like, we think of these, like, the little sayings that are going to keep us going. Yes. You know, we have these self-talks when we're on a walk on the strand, you know. We have our go-to girlfriends. Yes. You know, that are, like, rising each other up. Yes. Allie, Sarah, you know. Yes. What have you. Emily, you know. And it's just, like, that's why you are an entrepreneur, because you are a leader. And it's, again, comes back to the lips about, like, Voicing your truth. Mm. Yeah. 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 For real. Everything. Your truth comes out of your lips. So, like, use them wisely, babes. You know? <gasps> I, we're we're going to make that a t shirt. Ah! You'll get one first. <laughs> Merch. <laughs> um, so, going beyond that, do you have, I know we just talked about um, kind of bringing new products out there, but do yeah. you have anything kind of like in the Mad Hatters, like, lucky box that you're kind of working on that you can share with or shall we kind of refrain from that? Oh man. Um, hmm. We actually have a policy that we don't, we, I don't talk about what we're working on. We usually, well then that, that will be our answer. Yeah. The answer is, the answer is truly like a lot of the time, like my best friend Stacy will text me and be like, what did you just release? Like, we really don't release stuff until we release it. So I don't Ooh, talk about what I, I like that. I know. It's, it, it can be, it's either cute or offensive. Sometimes, like, people will be like, I'm kind of hurt you didn't tell me about this. And I'm like, literally nobody knew. So we don't release anything until literally it's available on shelves. You don't know in this you world. You don't know you until don't. it drops. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of our fun secret. And it's a fun way to release product, too, because suddenly no one knows about it, and then it's available. That's how we do it. But I will tell you this. I am out to solve every lip problem I have heard. All and right. there are many. Oh, God. So if there's a problem, <laughs> if there's a problem we've thinking, got a product for you. If there's a problem, they've got a product for you. I'm thinking of like the deepest, darkest problems. I yeah. don't know why I'm getting these weird images. Yeah. But um, I'm excited to hear more. Yeah. Two more questions and then we'll let you run. Yeah. Because we know you have a beautiful day planned and probably the sun will come out. Um, right about now, Your yeah. daughter. Yes. Tell me about your daughter and how she looks up to you. Oh, man. She's everything. Her name is Julia. She's five and a half, 
and I'm going to go spend the afternoon with her at kindergarten orientation. Um, here's the thing. I actually just put this on Instagram the other day. Like, I'm a working mom. I grew up with a stay-at-home mom, and I was so grateful for my stay-at-home mom. Even as I was little, I knew how lucky I was that my mom was always there. And I'm not. I'm there for a lot, but I miss a lot, too, because I'm on airplanes all the time. Mm -hmm. I just came back from an event this weekend in Philadelphia at QVC, and I try to bring her to work as much as I can. I try to do two things. When I'm with her, I don't work. And that's a luxury. I know that. I know a lot of people have to work while their child's in the room. But when I'm with her, my team knows that you really can't get a hold of me. It's blackout on the calendar in pink. <laughs> so our calendar, if it's pink, that's me and Julia. Meaning you can text me, but I'm most certainly not going to respond. Mm -hmm. So, um, Or I bring her to work with me. So mm -hmm. she comes to our office all the time. And she tests product or she, she is on calls loves. with us. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I want her to know what takes mommy away. Like, why? I So I just brought her this weekend to QVC with me. And they were incredible about letting her into this giant event that I was doing that no kids were allowed to. But the head of QVC, their parents, they know, too. And they're like, bring your child. Of course, bring your child. And so I try to bring her with me so that she knows that if mommy has to miss gymnastics because she's at QVC this is what QVC looks like. And these are the people at QVC and this is the space. Yeah. Um, so I try to either, I try to either engage her in my work and it's fun for her. She thinks it's really fun. Or when I'm with her, I really try to just like literally turn the phone over and put it down or I'll put it on airplane mode. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that is a luxury. That's a luxury. A lot of parents don't get to do, but for her, it's really funny because, um, I love it. I don't think that she necessarily looks up to me. I'm her mom. But she does look up to my girlfriends. So this morning we did an early morning morning Target run, and we went by Olive and June's station at Target. It's an end cap in the beauty section. And she was like, Sarah Gibson Tuttle sold out, you know, or Allie Webb is like her, you know, her hero. Wow. And we use, you know, we use Allie Webb. We don't use Dry Bar. Yeah. We still go into Dry Bar here in Manhattan Beach, and she still expects Allie to be there to do her hair. And I'm like, but Allie doesn't actually work in the Dry Bar. She found at the Dry right. Bar. But I think it's cool in this world today that she gets to know my friends who are brand owners. Um, Especially the females. The females, yeah. My friend Desi makes this matcha tea, and yesterday we were with Desi, mm. and I was like, you know, Desi makes mommy's matcha tea. And she's like, that looks so gross. You know? <laughs> but I like it that she looks up to my girlfriends who are brand owners and who are brand founders. And to her, that's just normal, that women are the ones that create things. Um, so I think I think that's sweet. But to her, no, I'm just mom. And, you know. <laughs> she makes me go to bed. She makes me go to bed. and yeah. You know, the reason I ask that is because um, a couple things, um, you know, we live in a very fortunate area where kids are given a lot of we do. opportunity mm -hmm. without expectation. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. And kids oftentimes don't um, understand where a dollar comes from. <laughs> yes. And that it's, yeah, sure, money is liquid, yeah. but sometimes it's a waterfall to them. Mm -hmm. and, oh, that's so good. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think with Julia, this is a really good message to say, like, 
honey, you know, we have all these beautiful things or we live in this beautiful town or yeah. we get to go here, there, whatever. You get to have your little tutu because of hard work, you yes. know, hard work and passion. Yeah. And you see all these other females that do this as well. Hard work and passion and perseverance. Yes. And that is just going to make her thrive even more and more and more oh, as a I strong love woman. Oh, okay, so, that makes me feel so great. I, I had that exact conversation with her yesterday. She asked about working. Um, and I said, baby, you know, the lip scrub is why we get to go to school. It's why we get to drive the car we do. It's why, you know, and we're very, very lucky. And daddy works at ESPN and, you know, all those games that you watch, like that's why we get to live where we do and we get to send you to school. And, and But the other part of that too, KB, and I love that you point out that, yes, we live in a very privileged town. We really do. And I did not grow up this way. I grew up without, I I got my first car in college and I grew up, yeah, 100% Dodge Neon. Like, so I didn't grow up this way at all. I grew up in a very, very, I think a normal place that I loved. Um, But a big thing for us is giving back. Mm -hmm. So Julia has two piggy banks and one Mm -hmm. for every penny or nickel or dollar that she gets, she has to put the same amount in her charity bank to go to a child that doesn't have as much. Oh. And yesterday I took her, and you never really know what's going to sink in, right? But she knows that she can't put a nickel into her piggy bank until she has a nickel to put into her other piggy bank mm-hmm. for a child in need. So we, I work a lot with Baby to Baby mm-hmm. um, and Girls Inc. And yesterday I was taking her to this this company, an amazing company called FabFitFun. They do this house, and it's mm-hmm. I'm sure you know about it. It's bananas. It's outrageous. Julia asked me yesterday, Mommy, what is the charity that we're, like, what's the charity tie-in? Like, in her mind. Tie-in? What's the charity tie-in? Because we go to, like, you know, or we work with Alliance of Moms a lot, so we go to these really fun events, but I explained to her, like, so we're going to this really fun event for Alliance of Moms, but this is for teenage mamas who don't have, you know, the money that they need to raise their child. Mm -hmm. And so, sure, it's all fun and games, but, like, we're buying this candle that says Mom Shell, and that money is going straight to a mama who needs it or to a baby that doesn't have diapers and all of that stuff. So I almost cried yesterday when she said that because in her mind, yeah, we were going to this really big, fun event, but she was already thinking, like, so how are we giving back at this event? Mm -hmm. And that made me feel – it just made me really happy because I want her to have – the hard work and the perspective, and also the, the knowingness that she does not live in a normal world. Most mm-hmm. people do not have a car. They don't ha- go to school the way she gets to go to school. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. yeah. What a gift. That's the biggest gift. Yeah. Biggest gift. Yeah. And she can just share that. I mean, at five and a half, and her brain growing still, like she shares that to her kids. Well, wait, I do this at home, and then they're going to want to do that at home. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So really quickly, tell me about the foundation that you support. For sure. Um, it's called the F Project? The F Project. Yeah. We love the F Project. Okay, so the F Project and the Female Founders Collective, they're two different organizations. They're basically, um, uh, the Female Founders Collective was founded by Rebecca Minkoff, and it's this idea that women should support women. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, by <laughs> female. Men are not the enemy some of my best advisors are men. I love, you know, men in general. Like, I think they're getting a very bad rap right now. Um, but opportunistically, need, yes, but we need more women supporting women. Mm-hmm. So I try to buy female when I can, the same way we like buy organic when we can, mm-hmm. you know, or we buy, buy local, local yeah. when we can. Um, 
if I'm looking at like jewelry, I'm going to look at my friend Maya Brenner over, you know, a bigger brand with a, a male's name on it. So it's this idea that women support women. We nurture each other's ideas. We're an open book too. Mm -hmm. So like the F Project, the Female Founders Collective, um, this other group that I'm part of called Hey Mama, it's this or it's those are the three organizations that I'm part of, and you are just committed to being honest with each other, sharing the highs and the lows, sharing resources, mm-hmm. right? Like I need a good lawyer, I need a small business <laughs> yeah. lawyer, I need a nanny, I need mm-hmm. uh, the name of someone who's gonna copy edit edit for me, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just sharing all these resources or sharing failures, like oh my goodness. We just had this massive fail, and you just all support each other. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, and Rebecca's idea was really like, hey, women, like, let's not just talk about how awesome we all are. Let's really actually financially support each other. And our vulnerabilities, too. Yes, all of it. Because we're all not real. perfect. We are not perfect. No day is perfect. No company is perfect. No amount of money makes things perfect. You can't buy perfect. Like, and sharing that, too, is really helpful, you know. Um, and that's that's the text that I get from my girls. You can have an awesome day and your kid's throwing up. In your hair, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, like... Hillary Duff, I just saw that. <laughs> I love Hillary Duff. Yes, Hillary Duff will say it's so real, you know. Like, yes, maybe your... Or, or your show just got canceled. Yeah. And yet you just got this other deal. Or No one's life is perfect and, and nothing is perfect. I love that. Mm-hmm. Miss Sarah, I've got one more question for you, and then you are going to skedaddle out here to hang with Julia. All right. Woo! What is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Whoa, okay. My honest truth is that life is good, love wins, good wins, and nothing is ever going to be perfect you just have to get better at riding the highs and the lows yes and you have to believe in the good you have to believe in the love and you have to get really good at riding highs and lows and staying somewhere in the middle and you can cry (laughs) you can cry you can cry ugly you can cry pretty whatever it is crying is okay crying because there will be a, a high the next day for sure it could be in five seconds oh i love it yep I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was much. so much fun. Oh, I wish I you were all this. here with me in my living room. I feel like you are, but this they, was so, they so are. much fun. They're here and they will write in, I am sure. And we will put all of um, your links and the show notes and all of how they can follow you thank and snoop you. on you and your lifestyle and everything. <laughs> Give you. you feedback and we tell them what all. you want. Yes. Um, but guys, guys, every Monday we have a new podcast episode of the Just Be An Honest <laughs> podcast. Again, this is your lifestyle designer, your holistic health kind of um, wrangler out there. And I just want to let you all know that you guys are amazing just the way you are. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, please do chime in. I am here at Just Be An Honest KB. We are on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Simplecast FM. So until next time, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love, ciao. Failure. Often thought of as a negative occurrence or unsuspected event, we all may want to sideline. It actually is something that many seek to learn and better themselves with. By being told no over and over again, 
This helped Sarah become so crystal clear and utterly focused on one thing and one thing alone. Lips. <clears throat> you feel my vibe? Read my lips, baby. One of my favorite takeaways from Sarah is that she continues to listen to her inner voice. The most important in being that when something is quote unquote good, you shouldn't let quote unquote perfect be the enemy. I hope you all got a lot of value out of this episode today and thank you so much for hanging out with me. And if you did, please make sure to share this out with your friends and your family on social media and you can tag me. Actually, you know what? I would love it. I want to become engaged with you. I want to see who's listening. I want you to ask questions. So please go for it. Tag me. Take a snapshot of this episode. Post it up there, baby. At just being honest KB. That's me. I'm so grateful for your support and love to see that. Always love to see that. And please make sure to take a moment or two to head over to iTunes, Simplecast FM, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Simplecast FM. Just search wherever you're listening to your podcast now. Subscribe, takes only a second or two to the Just Being Honest podcast and leave us a rating and let everyone know that this show is amazing. You have the power to help us bring you even better content and guests each and every week. And as always, I appreciate y'all so much. Until next time, be honest and thanks for joining in.